1: It's more than just odds. It's more than just matchups and lineups. It's everything. All of it blending together to give you the complete picture. And you'll only get it right here on the home of the winning edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.
2: We're gonna cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're gonna make fun of people. We're gonna hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. All right, Pharrell on a bench with Mafia. I can't believe that it's 21-14 and that the Chargers have literally done everything that I said that they couldn't possibly do, which is not score at all in the second half. They're not able to do anything. How in God's name, Mafia, do you score 21 points, move up and down the field? He's got three TD passes, Herbert, and then they come out of the break and they can't do a thing. How, how is that possible? And then... The Raiders couldn't do a thing at all in the first half. Nothing, couldn't even sniff the end zone, could barely get a first down. And now they're moving down the field like the Chargers never came out of the locker room.
3: Yeah, I mean, obviously there's some big halftime adjustments made on the side of Las Vegas, and now it's time for, you know, L.A. to do the same thing. You know, obviously they're going to do things in the locker room, tweak things, but everything's working fine. So we're really did they have to adjust before coming out of halftime? And now they're saying, all right, listen, they changed things up. It's time for us to do the same because otherwise this game's going to get out of their hands really quick. I mean, they still have that little cushion. They need some points here. I'm not saying they need a touchdown per se. They need at least a field goal here, though. They can't go down, go another three and out, or, you know, even get a first down or two and then punt it off to Vegas with all the momentum they have. They need points on the board again.
2: Jesus, you're telling me because they're only up seven now. If the Raiders tied this game up, My guess would be the Raiders will win the game. I mean, and then I could just see it now. They tie it up, and then it goes to overtime, and then the Chargers, uh, let's say, win by three on a field goal and don't cover. It pushes at at best. After you're up 21-zip, you got to win that game, and you have to cover. That's all I know. When you're up 21-zip, you got to win and cover. You cannot push in overtime, but this game is smelling like a problem, like nobody's business, the way uh, the Raiders have come back. 21-14, they were down 21-zip, they're in it, they're down seven. There's a minute five and rolling left in the third. So, I mean, there's one quarter left, and that's all there is to it. So at least I would so not wanna get, get into down. overtime if I'm
3: LA. Forget even like winning by three. We've seen what happens with the Raiders so far this season when you get into overtime, wacky things occur. Like they try to give the game away. Somehow it still ends up being a win for them because of some miracle where you just have some play that goes completely wrong for you. They get the ball back and end up winning.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. So what did you think of uh did you hear Damian Lewis left that show billions? Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, I, I saw the, uh, I mean, I watched the, the finale last night, and afterwards immediately went and looked and saw if that was going to be it, and that is, it makes sense, honestly. I think it's going to be different, and it's going to be weird not having the same kind of storyline going with the two of them against each other, but it has run its course. You know, you and I were saying weeks ago, like, how long can this be the same thing of him trying to, you know, Chuck trying to arrest him and Chuck trying to put him in jail and him escaping. You do know, dude saw some before people are like, all right, this is ridiculous. So, you know, you got to get new blood in there
2: so i i have not kept up with it i watched like the first two episodes of the season and then i'm like probably what is it uh, on episode six or something now because i think it was episode five is when he he was like in switzerland or something and he took off i don't know the details so i read about it that he left and he's disappeared and vanished so that's the end of him and now he's off the show
3: yeah that's the end he finally had him dead to rights, and he just fleed.
2: Okay, so, and then, is there still episodes left for the season, or is it just five or six episodes?
3: No, because this was one of those, like, half seasons that they had going on because of COVID. Like, they had the first half, you know, done, and then they had to stop production all that, so they split it up and, you know, put together what they had, put those episodes out, and then once things started to clear out, they refilmed stuff for this, you know, the rest of the season to finish it off. But they already have everything else for them, too. They went from the end of last season right into filming this season, since you have a lot of the same guys there, a lot of the same characters. So that's coming back you know, just in January. It's not like you have to wait a year like we have with this show and a lot of shows. We, you know, Oh, well, next summer we come back. No, they're coming back beginning of next year.
2: Okay, so beginning of next year. So in January, whatever, they're going to come out with a season six or something or whatever it Correct. is. And it's going to be all, all new stories.
3: Not all new. It's going to be a lot of the same guys. It's just going to be a different, uh, you know, target for Chuck to go after now.
2: So he's gone. It'll still be, but will Axe Capital still be there? And he's just uh, disappeared off the face of the earth. And now, like, they're going to let someone else run it? Or
3: I don't know how much to tell you. You want me to give it away to you? Or
2: no, I mean, I guess not. I I don't want to. I just know, like, so I didn't know.
3: You'll find uh, it all out in the finale here.
2: Okay, well, I didn't know he left until I, I stumbled a, a upon it and saw Koppelman talking about how much Damien meant to him and it was a pleasure working with him and he's an incredible actor and blah, 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 and that, and that was how I found out. So, spoiler alert, that's how I found out. I stumbled upon it. I would have preferred to watch the show three, four, five, and 6 and not know, but now that I know, what's the point of watching?
3: Funny. Uh, social media always <laughs> you know gets I- you like that.
2: I believe that. By the way, uh, we welcome all of our radio affiliates, Sirius XM, Mightier 1090, SportsMap, Sports Byline, Armed Forces. We got a good one going at SoFi in Lipstick City. Chargers still up seven.
0: Reese's Peanut
1: Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You're listening to Pharrell on the Bench with Scott Pharrell on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204.
2: Herbert can't hit Mike Williams on these deep balls. they keep trying, and it just doesn't work. Let's try a mad in South Jersey. You're on the bench For real, what's going on man? Hey dude.
4: hey man i I got a general question uh about the n f c right uh, what what are your thoughts on what are your thoughts on who the best teams are right now because yesterday, I know you was down here in philly and you didn't get to see all the games but the most surprising result to me was, was the Rams getting absolutely destroyed by the Cardinals. I know the final score said 37-20, to 20, but they scored a, a cheap-ass touchdown late to make it that way. But the way they just dismantled them, it was, it was crazy. And before the season started, all you heard was about NFC West. All you heard was about Seattle, 49ers, and the Rams. And nobody ever talked about the Arizona Cardinals. So I just want to know. Do you think they have a staying power to to stay on top of the NFC the whole year or what?
2: I mean, of course. Now, let me just uh, start this with Mafia. Mafia, who talked about the Arizona Cardinals winning the NFC West? I mean, besides nobody in the country at all anywhere, who talked about Arizona winning the uh, NFC West?
3: You did, and only you.
2: I did. I liked Arizona and had gigantic odds that they would finish in last place in that division. Uh, they, they were rated the worst team in the division, and everybody, you were right, was above them. And it was really, uh, it was a three-horse race, but it was really, you know, you're right. Uh, it, it was, you know, the Rams, a lot of people thought the Rams were going to be good, and the Niners. And then Seattle was sandwiched uh, after that, be, before Arizona but I was on Arizona from the jump and the odds were astronomical. So I got him at an incredible price and I've loved them uh, since the season started every week. I bet on them again this week. Uh, I got him at six and moved to four, whatever. Uh, I think they're uh, clearly uh, in my opinion. Now the best team, uh, they, they have the best offense. That's for sure. Nobody can stop Kyler Murray, Hopkins. They got tight ends. They got Kirk. They got all kinds of receivers. Green doing things. Connor's healthy, running the ball. Uh, they look fantastic. The defense had no picks, but they they created a couple fumbles. Uh, they kicked the Rams' ass. You're right about one thing. They scored a garbage time touchdown. Oh God he just threw a bomb to Ruggs car and they're in business again they're gonna tie this game as sure as I'm sitting here. I can't believe what I'm watching what a what an absolute coif job by the Chargers up 21 nothing that they're gonna blow this game is beyond me uh, but I will say this I thought the Rams had a bad day Brian and I think that um, they're still in my view offensively uh, able to beat anyone. They already kicked Tampa's ass, so I'm going to put them in front of Tampa. And I'm actually uh, – I think Tampa and Green Bay are on par with one another. I still think uh, Aaron Rodgers is a tough customer, and Adams is unstoppable. Jones is a badass. So I think, you know, they're a, a very capable team. My surprise team would be Dallas. I know they're in first, they're 3-1, but I've liked them – Uh, since the preseason, uh, just the fact that they got Dak back and they have those great receivers and a running game with Zeke. They have uh, a great offensive line, and their defense definitely got better. Diggs has been huge for them. Parsons has been huge for them. They look better than they have in years, if you ask me. They're 3-1. and They're turning it on. Those are the best teams. I don't buy – Really, you know, I'd say behind them, I would, I would put, you know, Carolina, Seattle. Uh, I think Seattle has a chance to still, you know, be effective and and be good. Carolina's played good, and they're sitting there with one loss now. Uh, fair enough, right? But they, you know, they came out strong, and they're three and one. So I'm going to put them right there. Um, I'm not buying anybody else. I'm not. Uh, the Niners don't look good to me at all, and now they're, Garoppolo's injured. They're saying he's he might be able to go Sunday, but that's on Monday. They're saying he might be able to go. I'll believe it on Friday when he's at practice and he's uh, able to go. That's when I'll believe it, uh, when they say he's good to go on Friday. I'm not going to believe a word they say on Monday after he rolled his ankle on on Sunday. So those are my NFC teams this Vegas team has proven to me that they're dangerous, uh, tonight down 21 zip that they've come back and they're, you know, trying to tie it now. Uh, they're obviously, uh, incredible. I'm not writing off Kansas city after I saw them, uh, beat up the Eagles and Mahomes had five touchdown passes. Uh, if the chargers blow this game tonight, they're a huge disappointment to me and they're vulnerable. Fair enough. Um, I am buying no one in the South at all. I like, I think Baltimore and Cleveland are good. And I know Buffalo's good. So I would say Buffalo and, and Baltimore would be two. Vegas would be three for me. And, you know, Cleveland would be four. So Buffalo, Baltimore, Vegas and Cleveland. And Cleveland might be better than Vegas, actually, with their defense. And then, unfortunately for me, as a Steeler fan, uh, our season's over. They suck. So, they suck so bad. I'm going to see them play the Broncos this Sunday in Pittsburgh. I'm going to the game. Anyway, the Chargers stopped the Raiders. But that's not good enough because Carlson's going to try a field goal here. But he missed. 51 yards, he missed. So they're still down seven with 10 minutes left, 10 and a half minutes to go. So they really blew an opportunity. They had the bomb to Rugs, he caught it, and then they got sacked and moved back. And then Carlson missed the kick, an easy straightaway kick, money kick, and he shanked it left. So they're still up seven, the Chargers. But the Chargers have done absolutely nothing in this second half, nothing at all. They've been embarrassing. You cannot blow a twenty-one nothing lead. That's all I know. It makes me sick to my stomach. It really does. Mafia trying to ruin my shows and spoiler alert moves on me like backdoor spoiler alert moves. You're but the one who brought up they left. I thought you knew it all. You you people you people saw it. Did he try to do that to me? I guess you shouldn't tell you who died in Animal Kingdom last time. I'm surprised he didn't ruin Sons of Anarchy for me. And I'm surprised going back he didn't ruin Breaking Bad for me.
3: (laughs) Well that one you actually watched in in time, right? You watched as that that one was going on. Sons of Anarchy, you watched later on.
2: I've watched Animal Kingdom the whole thing. For the most part. I might have one one. I might be behind one or something. But uh, I watched it this year, the whole thing, and I wasn't, to be honest with you, I wasn't that impressed with it. I still like the show, though, based on, I think, my Southern California roots. You know what I mean? Like, I like, you know, that whole scene down there so much in San Diego, Oceanside, all that. I like it so much. I'm so devastated at the oil spill in Huntington Beach. It makes me sick that my favorite place, Surf City, that the oil has destroyed that beach and uh, the, the the marine life and the wildlife and the birds and all that and the bird sanctuary and the sand and the oil everywhere. It's just, I mean, they're shutting that beach down for months now. It'll be shut down for months. It's gonna ruin Huntington Beach. That city's gonna go broke over this. For the that like 2021 is finished. They'll be broken to halfway through 20. By next summer of 2022, they might be in recovery. By the time they shut down, that's a who's going to go there now? Who's going to go there to surf besides no one? The whole beach is filled with oil, with like gas, oil, thick oil. Makes me sick to my stomach.
0: Reese's
1: peanut butter cups are the greatest But let me play devil's advocate here Let's see, so No, that's a good thing Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem Uh, Reese's,
2: you did it
1: You stumped this charming devil
2: Such a badass He just absolutely is a monster in the block
3: I just want to feel my burger finger
4: You're so money and you don't even know it
2: days mafia like the Friday Mondays uh, along the way I think I did like maybe two or three of them Uh, one of those sets I'm going to take Gunnar to Bloomington and let him check out uh, Indiana University hopefully uh, in November as I said to you before I think last week I'm going to take him one of those one of those days I'm going to fly to Indianapolis rent a car take him to Bloomington CIU hopefully maybe go to a basketball game and um, see my you know fraternity, see if he likes it. I mean, uh, it I told him like, like trust me, like he he's his heart set on San Diego State, but it is what it is. I think once he goes there and sees this place, he won't know what hit him. I mean, Indiana is just such a badass school. It really is. All those big Ten schools are are amazing. Penn State, Indiana, Michigan, Ohio State. They're enormous and they're 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 incredible and they're beautiful and they're fun and they're amazing. And they're way bigger than San Diego State. I mean San Diego State's still pretty big, thirty thousand students. Indiana's bigger. It is. It's like forty-five thousand. And then there with their, you know, other campuses, it's like ninety, a hundred thousand. It's crazy how many uh Branch campuses they got, but I would I'd go to Bloomington. You go to IU, you go to Bloomington. You don't go to the branch campuses, you know, to go to college. Unless most of the people that go to branch campuses live in that area, and they just they that's what they can afford or go to, and they have lives and families and kids and whatever and jobs or whatever, and they want to go to school, they go to the branch campuses. If you want to go away for four years, uh, you go to the real you know campus of IU. Anyway, I'm gonna take him and check it out. Hopefully, he'll dig it. And if he doesn't, he doesn't. Like I don't care. Whatever you're into, wherever you want to go, go. I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna tell him what to do. But Eckler's gonna go into the end zone and win it for the Chargers. Boy, did they need that after blowing a 21 nothing lead to get the Raiders into it down seven, and they missed the field goal. Now the Chargers have taking the ball and moved it downfield, a big fourth down conversion to the big tight end. And then you get the Eckler run from 10 yards out, arm tackle city by the Raiders. And now you go back up two touchdowns with five twenty to go. And it's lights out unless a miracle happens now. 28, 14 chargers. So Eckler puts it in and that'll be that. Now you just finish it off and cover. That's what I'm talking about. I needed that Chargers cover tonight. That'll be – I hit the Dallas game last Monday and the Packer game the Monday before that. So I'm, I'm rolling on Monday Night Football lately, three in a row, win and cover if they just close the door here and seal the deal. But I did want to take a look early here at um, the very least. Four in a row, Vegas. That's four in yeah, a row Vegas on won Monday the, Night Football.
3: Yeah, you hit the opener on Monday Night Football when they, the Ravens, when they were talking about the overtime, crazy things happen. That'll be two games with Vegas, one, four, one again. one against. So you'll hit.
4: That's great.
2: So, I need that. I need to hit these Thursday night, Monday night games. I think the uh, Panthers win last week. And then uh, in in week four, I hit the Bengals on Thursday night. That was this week. And then I hit the Charger game uh, tonight if they just close the deal. So, I just wanted to look at what's going on this week. So, we know Thursday in uh, college football, Coastal plays at Arkansas State. They're laying 19. It opened at 17 and a half. Uh, Friday, Temple's at Cincinnati getting 29. And Stanford's at Arizona State getting eleven and a half from the Sun Devils. Saturday night, under the lights in Blacksburg. Tough scene there to play in with that rowdy crowd. The Metallica. Whole deal. Enter Sandman. I mean... It is all evolving. Notre Dame playing Virginia Tech and Notre Dame laying one during the afternoon, the Red River, Oklahoma, and Texas. That should be good. Oklahoma laying three. Ohio State has Maryland and Columbus laying three touchdowns. Michigan State's in Piscataway against Rutgers laying five. Arkansas and Oxford against Ole Miss. Ole Miss laying six and a hook. Vandy's at Florida in the swamp, Florida laying 38. Georgia's at Auburn, Georgia laying 14 and a hook, Boise at BYU, BYU laying five. Wake is at Syracuse. Wake's laying six and a half. They're five and oh. How about Wake? The Deacons. SMU is at Navy. SMU land 13 and a hook. Penn State at Iowa. Iowa's laying two. Both teams 5-0. and Iowa's got a great defense. So does Penn State. Penn State's got a nice quarterback. Clifford we will see if they can get it done on the road in Iowa City at Kinnick. Michigan is ranked ninth in the country now, laying three at Nebraska. That would be a huge win for Scott Frost. But Jim Harbaugh's Wolverines look tough as hell. I mean, I'm impressed by them, to say the least. LSU's in Lexington against Kentucky. Kentucky's beating everybody. They beat Florida and now they're taking on Ed Orgeron's LSU team and and I think they stink. Alabama's at A&M in College Station at Kyle Field, Alabama 5 and 0, Land 17 and a hook. A&M continues to lose games. Arkansas, Mississippi State, they're paying Jimbo Fisher 10 million dollars a year to lose games to Mississippi State. And Arkansas, I mean, they just gave him a giant raise to $10 million. Are you kidding me? Nine and a half million dollars and you, can't, and you lose two in a row? I mean, blasphemy. Overrated, and um, it's a joke. They're not even rated now. New Mexico and San Diego State in uh, San Diego. The Aztecs lay in 19 and a They're ranked 25th. Finally, some respect for San Diego State. And then, here's the deal for pain day, week five, NFL. Rams, Seahawks, Thursday night, here in a couple nights. Rams laying one and a half at Seattle. In front of the 12th man. Sunday, I'm going to Broncos, Steelers. Steelers laying one at the ketchup bottle. Pats, Texans in H-Town. Pats laying nine. Jets Falcons in London. Atlanta laying three and a half. The game starts at nine thirty in the morning. Breakfast at Tiffany's. Packers Bengals one o'clock. Cincy Green Bay laying three and a half. Lions Vikings in mini U.S. Bank mini laying seven and a hook. Dolphins and Bucks in Tampa. Raymond James Tampa laying ten. Saints at Washington, New Orleans laying one and a half. Eagles at Panthers in Carolina, Carolina laying four. The Titans and Jags and Jacks, Tennessee laying four. And then the four o'clock games Bears, Raiders, Vegas, 405. Browns, Chargers, by the way, no line yet on that one. Browns, Chargers, no line in SoFi. Giants, Cowboys, Cowboys laying seven in Dallas, Niners, Cardinals in Zona, Zona laying five and a half, Bills, Chiefs in Arrowhead, Sunday night, Chiefs laying two and a half. I'll tell you what I got on the Browns Chargers. It was a pick them when I got it. And then the Raiders game was laying four and a half to the Bears. I got it at four and a half when it opened. So, and then Monday night, a week from tonight, Baltimore laying seven to the Colts in Baltimore. And obviously, the Ravens are one of the best teams in the AFC, and everybody and their brother is going to be on Baltimore. Everybody and their brother. I mean, that's just everyone. I mean, it'll be 95% of the bets will be on Baltimore. Here's a pick. Car gets picked. Is it going to be? That's ball game right there. So 28 14, and you got ball game on the car pick. That was Derwin James. That's it. Lights out, party. He's waving at all the Raider fans in the crowd. The Raiders take over LA, huh? Well, their team didn't. Their fans might have, but their team didn't. This game's over. And you got a ball game now. Chargers win. Cover. Double. Money line spread. Cover. Shagaru. I'm feeling really good about that. After they blew the 21-0 lead, and it was 21-14, and the Raiders were breathing down their necks. Now Herbert and company have a two-touchdown lead, and the Rock with three minutes to go. Now Eckler on the outside. Is he going to get around the corner? Big gain for Eckler.
1: or may not be a good sports grid listener. Test yourself. If you've ever panicked at realizing you've lost your lucky troll doll, you may not be a good sports grid listener. Sports gaming strategies and info. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.
2: So I'm going to hit the fourth straight Monday night game chargers to win and land the three over the Raiders. They're kicking their ass at this point after almost blowing the game up 21 zip. And now 28, 14, I turned it off. I'm on the warriors now up 97, 83 going to the fourth at Portland in rip city at the Moda. But more importantly than that, is Pete Abraham of the Boston Globe, our good friend up in uh, Beantown, getting ready for tomorrow night at Fenway, the Yankees and Red Sox for the world. One game, winner take all, loser pack your glad bags. And it is uh, a one gamer for the wild card to determine who goes to play Tampa Bay in the series Uh, those teams are lying in the weeds, of course, uh, that didn't have to play in the wild card. And now we have Boston and the Yankees. Pete, good to have you on the bench as usual. I have to uh, go back to uh, that Friday game in Fenway where Cole faced Uvalde and Cole, um, you know, that's the last time Cole pitched well. And uh, that was Uvalde's worst nightmare uh, he got lit up in that game, and that was that. And the Yankees won that game eight to three. I don't anticipate the same type of uh, performance from Uvaldi. Do you?
4: No, he, he he pitched against the Yankees six times this year, and five times he won at least five innings and allowed one or two runs. In that one game, the last one was the at the time he pitched badly, two and two thirds, gave up seven runs. I think he has been consistent all year. He's been their, their leader all year in the pitching staff with Chris Sale coming back from Tommy John in August. And I think at Fenway Park, you know, big game, playoff game. He's pitched well in the playoffs before. Uh, he'll, he'll deliver for the Red Sox. I, I think he's going to put them in a position. You know, he's obviously not going, you know, he's not going to go seven or eight, but he's going to put them in a position where they can win the game.
2: So, uh, you know, Cole, as you know, went up to Toronto and got spanked and looked terrible and admitted such. He was like, I just didn't have it, and uh, nothing was on. Uh, What do you think you're going to see from him coming off that, where they almost had to, like, if there would have been a a play-in game, they would have had to use him because they have no one else that's worth a damn. Uh, And I couldn't even believe Jamison's shots at Tyone got it done on Sunday because they can't beat the Rays to save their ass. If the Yankees beat the Red Sox, you know they're going to lose to the Rays in a series because the Rays own them, and they spank them every time they play them, and they score tons of runs. Lau hit three home runs the other day. They had 19 hits. What was it, Saturday? Do you think Cole is, you know, the last time, as I said, that he pitched well was against Boston. After that, he's been terrible.
4: He has, it and his, his results against the Red Sox have been mixed. It's only been five games over the last two years, so it's hard to get too much of a handle on it. But, you know, they, he's the guy the Yankees want in this game. Like you said, they don't really have anybody else that they would trust. So it's kind of, you know, it's surprising to me that after both of those teams have to play hard all week to get to this point. That they both have their they both have their aces ready for this game. You know, it's kind of a fortunate thing for the fans. You get to see two good pitchers in a big game. You know, the whole thing. So that, I think that, that makes it exciting, and, and it'll be interesting because I don't think the Red Sox have what it takes to beat the Rays either. The Rays have played very well against them, especially at Tampa Bay. I think it would be you know, the, I think I'm not saying that either of these teams has a chance, but I, you know, the, the winner is probably going to go down to Tampa Bay and get spanked.
2: I think Boston has a better chance against Tampa than the Yankees do. I'm just being straight up about it. Their games with Tampa have been better than the Yankees. The Yankees games with them have been ugly. Uh, I'll say this, though. At least on the side of the Yankees, fair enough. People talk about they've won three of the last four in, uh, you know, elimination games against the Red Sox. That's meaningless to me. Uh, the 4 game seven, meaningless to me. But what isn't meaningless to me was the three games in late September that I'm talking about, the Cole game, and then the Saturday-Sunday games, where in Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, Stanton hit all those home runs, the Grand Slam on Saturday, the Sunday night primetime home run that just landed five minutes ago on, L- on Lansdowne Street and uh, just what he did that weekend, those 13 RBIs uh, or whatever it was, 10 RBIs at Fenway, and then the next game he had three more on uh, Tuesday in Toronto, whatever it was. I just couldn't believe what he did to you guys in, in Fenway. Those three games that the Yankees played against the Red Sox may have been their three best games of the year.
4: Yeah, when you, when you look at it, the Red Sox have to figure out a way to stop Stan. right? Uh, you know, he drove in half their runs in that series, and all three times hit big home runs to turn the game the Yankees direction. So, yeah, that's what, you know, and the, the funny part of it is they they pitched Stanton pretty well earlier in the season. You know, that that series got away from them. So they've got to go back and, and look at the way they've pitched him. And I think part of what they're doing to try to correct that is is they got Kevin Ploiecki catching tomorrow night because he's worked better with Evaldi than Christian Vasquez has. So I think they're trying to, you know, find every advantage they can in terms of pitch calling and, you know what they want to do defensively more than offensively by using a guy like Ploiecki to catch who he's not as good a hitter as Christian Vasquez. And, you know, that, that's something they don't want to give away, but defensively they feel like that's how they can win the game. So, uh, that's interesting that they're doing
2: that for sure. Uh, What's the feeling like in uh, Boston uh, going into tomorrow? Like uh, after what they did with, uh, frankly, Baltimore and the Nationals, how poorly they played. I'll give them this on Sunday, down 5-1. They got it done like champs. I won't deny that. That was badass. But I thought the games against uh, Baltimore and, and the Nationals basically were I mean, it, it wasn't pretty.
4: No, especially from a pitching standpoint in Baltimore. They you know they needed to shut them down at certain times, and they couldn't do it. It's funny. This is the first time the Red Sox have had the wild card game. Uh, you know, all the other times that they've been in the playoffs, uh, they've they won a the division, and when they were a wild card before the one-game playoff, they went into the division series. So this is something new for the Red Sox. A so one-game, you know, do or die, advance or go home, and it'll be interesting to see how those guys play it because – this is a much different team from the 2018 team. They only have nine or ten guys back from that team. A lot of newcomers, a lot of guys that haven't been in this position before, felt the pressure of playing the Yankees at Fenway Park. Uh, I think for Alex Cora, it's an advantage that he, you know, he's been a playoff-tested manager who's got a real series. But a lot of the guys the Red Sox are counting on haven't done that. So it'll be interesting to see how those guys respond to this situation. What's the weather supposed to be like? Supposed to be better. It, it was raining today. It's supposed to rain tomorrow morning, but it'll be it's supposed to be fine for the game.
2: Fine for the game. Uh, you know, it's crazy that it's this pressure filled one gamer, you know, winner take all, loser go home. Uh, I don't think either of these teams are, as you said, are used to that. Uh, when you've talked to like uh, the Red Sox players down the stretch and Alex Cora down the stretch, Obviously, it could have been Toronto, could have been Seattle, even though you probably knew and they probably knew that it would end up the Yankees because they are such arch rivals. What were you getting from those players down the last two weeks of how this would end up? They just were both trying to survive and get one of those two slots, right? And what were they saying to you?
4: Yeah, it's it's been such a strange season for the Red Sox because they they had low expectations coming in from spring training, and then they get out to this good start. They're in first place going into the All Star break, playing very well. People are talking about how they you know they're one of the surprise teams and they can do a lot of damage. Then they have a terrible August. They they go through the COVID outbreak. They lose a lot of players. They fall into fourth place at one point, and then it becomes you know sort of what's going you know this this first place team is now you know in danger of falling completely out of it. And they rallied in September. They did a good enough job to put themselves in position. They were very fortunate that they played Baltimore and Washington at the end of the season. I think if they'd been playing better teams, they, they probably wouldn't be here tomorrow. But they, they managed to get it done against the Nationals, and, and it wasn't easy, as you said. And I think now that you know they're in that mode where where they want to prove people wrong and that show that they were the team that they were in the first half that that they were a team that had four all stars a team that was in first place for 80 days, and they feel like they're healthy they they've got their pitching together, and that they can prove that. But it, you know, one game, anything can happen in one game. I, I think they feel better about themselves if this was a longer series. But a team again, you know, they they only beat, you know, the the advantage against the Yankees during the season was 10 to nine. The run differential is pretty close. This is going to be a good game. And if both of these teams, you know, have a lot, you know, have a lot to prove and, and they played, they played each other pretty tough during the year. Do you think that Garrett Cole
2: pitches like a $340 million ace?
4: No, I don't. You know, I mean, that would be a Max Scherzer kind of level. And he has a pitch, you know, he has a pitch to that level. And he did have a lot of issues when they, they took away the sticky substances in June. It took him a while to adjust to that. There's a lot of talk that the cold weather won't be good for him because I guess he hasn't pitched well in cold weather. And uh, he's, he talked about it today, saying he's got to come up with ways to keep his hands warm, which was sort of code for, you know, I can't use the sticky stuff anymore. So he's going to have to figure that out. Uh, that was something that didn't trouble Avaldi too much. So, you know, maybe that has a role if it's, if it's raw weather tomorrow. So it'll be, uh, yeah, I think Cole's got a lot to prove. You know, of all, had his big game in the World Series. He helped the Red Sox win the World Series. And Cole's going to prove that he could do that with the Yankees. Is Devers the
2: hottest uh, Red Sox right now? Verdugo, Devers, who is it? I'd say it's
4: Devers. You know, after those two home runs in game 162, he's, he's, you know, reminds me a little bit of David Ortiz in that the pressure doesn't bother him. He comes up in big spots late in games. Uh, you know, he's, he's got the ability to hit for power and be a good contact hitter. He, he gets himself a position where, you know, he, he's so dangerous because he, he can hit pitches in all, all over different parts of the strike zone and hit them for power. And that, that, that second home run on Sunday, uh, the press box in Washington is very high. And and we had a good view of it. That thing was on a, on a straight line, to center field and 442 feet. It was, it was a rocket. And. You know, if, if they don't have Raphael Devers, they're not playing tomorrow. He, he he picked them up in that game, you know, driving in those four runs and, and put them in a position to come home and play the Yankees. He he was the guy who really saved them, and it's remarkable that he's been around as long as he has, and he's still only 24 years old. Uh,
2: real quick, I got just over a minute. A, whose bullpen's better, and B, how much of a disadvantage will it be to have to play Thursday and Friday in Tampa?
4: Well, the Yankees have a better bullpen for sure because they know who their closer is. It's their oldest the Red Sox have no idea who their closer is because Matt Barnes lost the job and Adam Adovino's been, been getting knocked around lately. So the bullpen advantage is, is clearly with the Yankees. And in terms of going to Tampa, I mean, Tampa Bay is all set up. Their pitching will be fine. They're resting. They're sitting back waiting for the winner of this game. And it's, it's, it's emotionally, it's going to take a lot out of whoever wins. And then you're going to hop on a plane and go down to Tampa and play a day later. So... The Rays are are sitting back loving this.
2: So I think Chapman's been a disaster, uh, basically, and he scares the hell out of me. Green scares the hell out of me. I mean, I don't know (laughs) what I I believe. I can't wait to see it tomorrow night. Pete, always good catching up, brother. Thanks for coming on the bench. Enjoy the game.
4: Anytime, Scott, whatever you need.
2: My man, Pete Abraham of the Boston Globe. So tomorrow night, just past 8 o'clock, Fenway is going to be rocking. Yankees and Red Sox. That's certainly going to make my night. Uh, And then Wednesday night, we do it all again with the Cardinals and Dodgers, Wainwright and Scherzer at Chavez Ravine.
0: That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's
1: Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
2: My buddy's a fan of yours in Vancouver, Canada. So if he hears you crystal clear, I thought I'd let you know that. Time after time, I sit and I wait for your call. <laughs>
4: All
2: right, so uh, it's funny watching Chauncey Billups coach the Blazers, the NBA season starts in uh, 14 days. By the way, I just wanted to say, just add on to this game. Dennis Smith Jr. sucks. I just saw him have a basket and one and make the free throw. He's got five points in a game. That's about who he is. That that dude sucks. I don't care what anybody says. He never does anything. Remember, Tuesday, Yanks, uh, Red Sox. Wednesday, cards at Dodgers. Thursday, White Sox-Astros game one. The winner of Boston, New York, plays the Rays in game one. On Friday, White Sox-Astros game two, Braves-Brewers game one in Milwaukee, game two in Tampa, and then game one in San Francisco with the winner of Cards-Dodgers taking on the Western uh, Division champion Giants. So a quadruple set on uh, Friday should be Gandhi plus all kinds of college football. So later this week, it's just going to be craziness. And it should be awesome. Tonight, the Chargers, 28-14 over the Raiders at SoFi. Pharrell with the money line and spread double.
3: Cover!
2: Your boy getting involved. Uh, Carr threw two TDs, but a pick got sacked four times. Herbert, 222 yards, three TDs, no picks, sacked twice, 107.6 rating. Chargers win it. I'll see you tomorrow at 4 on Coast to Coast. Good night, everybody.
5: Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee Governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Available now, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.